What's up, baby? Weird Wednesday, volume 22, March 10th. Michael, how you doing? You know what? We were talking about this before we started recording. I'm very happy to be here right now. It's been a good bad – good to be here. It's good to be here right now. It's been a bad week, not going to lie. Bad couple days. Wednesday, baby. Bad couple days for your boy. Um, just work, not – just – yeah. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> good words. Those words were good. <laughs> made a lot of sense. I uh, made it through the work day today, and I realized that we got to record tonight, and I was like, well, it can't be that bad of a day because get to record an episode. Boom. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I wish we were recorded yesterday, but like forgot all the stuff I had to do today. But yeah. hey, we're here. Ready to roll. There you go. There you we go. got a good one. We got a good one. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. So uh, this is not – I guess it kind of is a conspiracy in a way. It's more of, in a way, true crime, maybe mixed with a little bit of paranormal. Hey. So who really knows? Okay. Knows? Still, it's in, it's an unsolved case today. Okay. I'll say that. All right. So we are talking about the haunting of 67 Boulevard. Whoa, you're going to have to reverse that because you cut out. We're talking the haunting of 657 Boulevard, a.k.a. The Watcher. Oh, The Watcher. Okay. So have you heard about this? Uh, I, I feel like I haven't, but maybe once you start getting into it, maybe it will ring a bell. But just just going off the title right now so no okay so i've i've definitely like talked about this before and i've listened to a couple podcasts on this so you may have heard me just kind of talk about it in passing but it is a very uh i would say ominous you know whole situation that's going on okay so it takes place uh in westfield new jersey uh, and so a little background on this town that they're in Westfield is considered the 30 safest city in America. Hmm. So, you know, like very, you know, bright town, a lot of good things going on there. Kind of where you like, you know, want to raise your family. Okay. And so it, it, it involves this house on obviously 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey. So it takes the two like kind of, you know, the main family is called the broadest family. And the husband and wife, Derek and Maria, buy this house, 657 Boulevard. And so they have three young kids, and they buy this house for $1.3 million. So it's like a big, like, it's kind of like an old school type of house, but the the inside is very, you know, a little bit more modern. And it's like, it's a really nice house if you look up a picture of it. Okay. And so the other thing that kind of is like. Uh-oh. Saying it's kind of it's it's kind of weird about the house, but what were you saying that's weird about it? Okay, so not so much weird about the house, but just weird about the case is that this all happened in June of 2014. Oh, so pretty recent. Talk about pretty recent, very recent. Yeah, you know, comparatively speaking. All right, so like I said at the beginning, this is called the haunting of 657 Boulevard or the Watcher. Okay, so. Three days after Derek and Maria Broadus sign their lease to this house, close the deal, Derek goes to the house to just kind of like check on things, make sure that everything's okay. And he finds a letter in the mailbox. 
So the outside of the letter is handwritten and it says the new neighbors and the inside is typed. And I'm going to read this letter word for word because it is very weird. Okay. And I, if you want to stop me at any time, let me know. I have definitely heard of this then. I know what you're talking okay. about. So like I said, if you want to stop me during any time, let me know. Okay. So this letter, the first letter that the broadest family receives reads, dearest neighbor, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard um, draw you with its forces within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now as it approaches its 110th birthday. I've been put in charge of the watching and waiting for the second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s. My father watched the house in the 1960s and is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I'll find out. Uh, who am I? There are hundreds of cars that drive by. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the people that stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. You have children. I have seen them. So far, there are three that I have counted. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I have requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for your growing family, or was it greed that brings me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them uh, and draw them to me. Signed, The Watcher. So immediately off the bat, I'd be like, yo, what the fuck? Creepy as nuts. I'm getting out of there right away. I am not moving into this place. Yeah. So kind of naturally Derek sees this and he calls the cops and the cops show up to his house uh, and he shows them the letter and the cops are like just blown away. And so when I was like doing research for this, there was an exact quote from the cop that like reported on the scene. Okay. And the exact quote is uh, the cop reads the letter and his exact quote is, whoa, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like his direct quote. Yeah, I mean, Whoa, what the fuck is this? I don't blame him. So he's like immediately like, yay, this is, this is not good. Yeah. You know, kind of like a little bit spooked. So he calls the people that he bought, bought the house from. Then their name is the Woods family. Okay. And he is like, yo, like there's no shot that you guys didn't get a letter in the 23 previous years that you guys lived here. And I get one three days after signing the lease. Yeah. And the family basically was like, yeah, like we never got a single letter until like a week before we were about to move out. And they basically like kind of took it as a joke and like threw it away. And, and they were like, yeah, whatever. Dude, is there any account of what that letter said? Uh, it The the guy who writes these letters kind of brought it up in one of his later letters, basically just be like, and he was like, when I asked them to move out, they agreed and I thanked them. So maybe it's like, hey, you guys should move out by now. But like they like there was never anything that like that the Woods family said that was like, you know, ominous or demeaning or like kind of sinister about the note that they received. Right, right, right. OK. All right. So interesting start so far. Yeah. So obviously the broadest family decides not to move in when they planned. Uh, and so they're kind of just kind of, you know going back there every once in a while, making sure everything's okay. So Derek goes back to the house and he finds a second letter. And so during the time that they were supposed to move in, they're still kind of bringing the kids around with the family and everything like that. And they're still preparing to move in. They're just not, you know, fully moving in at the date that they expected. Mm -hmm. So 
I'll read like a little excerpt from the second letter, but uh, a lot of things that weren't, you know, fully published or whatever was the second letter is very weird because not in the part that I'm about to read to you, but it mentions uh, each kid's name and birth order. Uh, and it talks about uh, the girl that was painting on the back porch and asked if she was the artist of the family. So like already is like getting like very personal. Yeah. To the point of where like, you know, you're, you're obviously getting freaked out. You got three little kids and it's like, Hey, like how does this guy know? Or how does this person know so much about my family already? Right. So when he gets the second letter, the second letter reads, 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallway of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds? Will the young blood play in the basement? Are they too afraid to go down there? I wouldn't be afraid if I were them. It is very far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic or will they sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedroom facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me know. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All the windows and doors of 657 allow me to watch you and track you as you move throughout the house. Who am I? I am the watcher, and I have been I have been in control of 657 for the better part of two decades. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on, and they kindly turned it over to you when I asked. I pass by many times a day. 657 is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Broadus family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what b- brought the past three families to 657, and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving day. You know I will be watching. Sign the watcher. Yeah, no shot of moving in there. I'm so done. immediately he's he's talking about like he knows the whole layout of the house. He knows, you know, what bedrooms are people gonna be in. Now, I think one of the most ominous parts, and it's just a very like you know, small part of this is, you know, when he's like, who will take the bedroom facing the street? Like, I'll know. And it'll help me plan better. Right. Like, what the fuck are you planning for? That's dude? what I'm saying, dude. Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Plan better. Like, you shouldn't be planning shit, man. This is my house. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. No shot. I'm moving in there. I get, I get that first letter done. Second letter. I'm moving across the country. Oh yeah. So as, as you said, they stop all plans of moving in and again show it to the police. But the police really don't have any sub like suspects. Right. Like it's all yeah. typed out. There's no you can't do any like handwriting analysis. But they do go and they, you know, canvas the neighborhood and um and everything like that. And at this point, they're starting to get a lot of like like problems within the family. Okay. Um the wife Maria actually goes to like therapy and gets diagnosed with like PTSD from this. And uh, like, they're obviously in a lot of debt. They bought this like $1.3 million house and they can't move in. Mm-hmm. So they're like living with Maria's parents and they like still have to pay for everything at the house, but they just can't use it. And so uh, several weeks later, uh, after they don't move in and they're just basically trying to find like something that they can do, they get a third letter. Uh, and this letter reads, the house is crying from all the pain it is going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. You are changing its history. It cries for the past and what it used to be. In a time where I roamed its halls, the 60s were a good time for 657 when I ran from room to room where I imagined the life from rich eyes there. 
The house was full of young blood. Then it got old, and so did my father. But he kept watching until the day that he died, and now I watch and wait for the day the young blood will be mine again. So they get this third letter, and again, they still have no suspects, no fingerprints, no handwriting, no nothing. And they're like, all right, this is like we're done with this house completely. So they decide to sell this house. Okay, like we're not even going to move in at all. But along with this, they not only decide to sell the house, but they decide to sue the Woods family because they're like, it's fucking bullshit that you guys, there's no way you guys didn't get letters from this guy. <laughs> like we're suing you for this. That took a turn. I was not expecting that one. Yeah. They're like, there's no way, like absolutely no shot. And one, like you, like you should, you should have to tell us that mm-hmm. if like this dude is like talking about, you know, like watching your house all the time, you should have to disclose that. But it takes another turn for the worse because when you sue, it becomes public record. And in this public record are these letters from the watcher. So like a local, you know, like reporter picks this up in real time and is like, yo, like what the fuck is going on here? Like makes it like a huge deal. And it basically starts to go like viral, like with throughout the town or whatever. And now that it's starting to go viral, the Broadus family can't sell this house. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Because like who wants to like, you know, move into this house with the guy who's, you know, watching their house the whole time. Right. And they said they had people coming in from like New York being like, oh, we're not like this is bullshit. Like we're not afraid of this guy. And then they'd come in for a visit and then leave. And then they just wouldn't hear from him ever again. They wouldn't hear from the people who who came in? Yep. And we're like, hey, this is bullshit. Like, we're not afraid of this guy. They'd come in, like, take a tour of the house, and then just dip. And be like, yeah, never heard from him ever again. Hmm. And, like, if you look up a picture of this house, like, it's not something that, like, you would, like, it's a nice-ass house. Yeah. Like, if you, if you like, took a tour of it and were serious about buying it, you would just, like, never say anything about it again. Like, it's something that's, like, it's a very nice house. Oh. And so, like... They're basically like kind of going into turmoil now because they're like super far in debt Mm -hmm. and they like can't do anything because A, this is all like kind of blown up now and it's all public record and they can't sell it. And then they lose the lawsuit to the Woods family because like there's basically it's all like circumstantial evidence. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the only person that is willing to buy this house was a like real estate developer. Okay. And he was like, hey, like, here's what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to buy this, like, house slash, like, plot of land, and I'm going to knock it down, burn it, and build, like, two townhomes here. Okay. That has been my thought since you've been reading these letters. I was like, someone just needs to buy this house and tear it down. Okay. So here's his thought. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put up, like, two homes on this land or whatever. Okay. So to be able to put up two homes – it has to fit the town's like specifications under the plot of land. Okay. And it has to be approved by like basically like the city council, like a board. Yeah. Uh, so they bring it to the city, uh, like the city council basically. And the land that 657 Boulevard is on is too small by one yard, three feet. And so the city council actually had a history of granting people like this request of like, hey, like, you know, like we're only off by like a yard. Like, do you mind if like we just still do this? And a lot of the times they'll be like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Not this time. Of course. Shot down the idea. We're like, nope, can't do it. 
not happening. You are not buying this piece of land. Uh, and you know, not, not like nothing's going on, Like you're not doing this. Okay. So now after that happens, another letter pops up to them and this one gets a little bit more, uh, you know, like directed to the point. Oh no. Pretty, pretty bitter. Oh no. It reads violent winds and bitter cold to the vile Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. You wonder who the watcher is. Turn around idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me. Maybe one of your so-called neighbors who has no idea who the watcher is could be me. Or maybe you do know and are too afraid to tell anyone. Good move. My soldiers of the boulevard followed my instructions to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 with my orders. All hail the watcher. Maybe a car accident, maybe a fire. Maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away but makes you feel sick day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet, planes and cars and bicycles crash, bones break. I will always be there, the watcher. So like now he's not even like now he's not even like, hey, like I'm watching your house. He's like putting curses on you. Uh I got goosebumps. It, so is is you know, like as like serious as this is, the one thing that I like kept thinking of, like at that end of it, it was like, you know, like Maybe it's a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple as like a mild illness. Imagine just like like Derek wakes up one morning, he's like a little congested today. He's like, the fucking watcher, son of a bitch. <laughs> so okay. Got to me again. Here's here's my question. These letters that they keep getting, are they just being like put in the mailbox? Or where are they coming? Okay, so they're they're just like showing up at their house. And so we'll get into that in in a little bit. All right, because I got so, I got more questions about that. So after this fourth letter, like, kind of pops up, um, they hired a private investigator, and he couldn't find anything. Uh, the person who lived across the street from them was like the CEO of like a security firm, and they used him and hired a like world renowned like forensic uh, linguist to like you know, basically analyze all the, like the writing and the way he speaks or whatever in, the in the letters. And he monitored like chat rooms, Facebook messages, basically anything on the internet that had the words like the watcher in it. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't find anything. So like two of these guys that they hired, they were like, yeah, dude, like, sorry, like, I got nothing. Um, and so finally, like kind of to end this and then we'll get into like, you know, the, the, I guess there are a couple suspects and like what could have happened um, afterwards. Finally, to, to end this, they find somebody to rent the house. Okay. Uh, and these people that rented the house have like dogs and, you know, grown children. Uh, and that's actually when that like last letter that I just wrote to you comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was actually an out clause in the lease that the broadest family gave these people. Because they basically didn't want to do the same thing that the Woods did to them is what they are thinking. And they're like, hey, like, I'm not putting you guys through all this, like, like the bullshit that we've went through, basically. Yeah. yeah. And I'll let you guys, like, if there's more letters come in, like, basically, like, the out clause, like, you can just cut your lease right there. Right. Uh, And so that other letter comes in and they could just cut their lease if they wanted to. But they were just like, you know what? Like, put more security cameras in and, like, we'll stay. Okay. And they did. And... That ended in like I want to say late 2015, so it was almost like a year saga, a little bit over a year that this was like going on. Yeah, 
and they have never found anybody. The the best sub uh, suspect that they had was after I want to say it was like the second letter they had cops stake out their house, mm-hmm. um, and they found some guy that was like just you know in a car, um, like watching six fifty seven Boulevard, mm-hmm. and he was like a very uh like shady kind of character okay and he i guess he played a lot of dark video games and his like gamer tag on all those video games was the watcher okay and so they like kind of like you know go up to this dude's car you know knock on the window blah blah blah, and they're like hey man like what's going on he's like oh sorry like i'm in my girlfriend's car right now blah 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 just you know like kind of waiting for her blah 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 and then they're like, hey, like, do you mind if, like, we come down, you come down to the station, like, you know, we question you. He's like, yeah, sure, but I just, you know, like, I got to take my girlfriend's car back to, like, her place, and then, like, I'll come down to the station tomorrow morning, because it's, like, late at night when they're asking him this. I'm like, all right, sounds good, because they don't have any, like, probable cause to hold him. And so they basically let him go for the night, and he never comes down to the station. Come on. Why did they do this stuff? Yeah. So kind of going into what you're saying. So, and this is the part that like, I don't really understand of this whole thing is this is in 2014 and these letters are showing up. The first one showed up in the mailbox and then they don't disclose where the second and like third and fourth one show up, but I'm, I'm assuming it's the mailbox or like the front door. Yeah. It, like, it's gotta be somewhere. Either one of those two. And it's 2014. After the first one, why the fuck do you not just put a security camera there? That is what I'm saying. I have like, so many one ideas. That, put one that is on, that, that faces the mailbox, and you can see the mailbox, and put one that faces the front door. And be like, all right, whoever comes – like someone's got to drop off this letter. Dude, I would have the amount of security cameras that I would have installed there. And I don't know if it was a thing back in 2014. I don't know when it came out, but like ring doorbells like that give you yeah. those instant feeds to your phone. Just put those up all around the house, all around the property, and catch this dude. If, even if Ring doesn't hadn't come out back back then, you can put up like those trail cameras, like hunting cameras that you know take start recording once they detect any sort of motion. Throw up a bunch of those. Have that feed sent directly to your phone. So if the thief, the watcher, whatever you want to call him, tries to take down the camera and destroy it, it's going straight to your phone anyways. Like, how do they not do this? Okay, so then the counter argument to that, and they didn't disclose how the letters got there, but they did say that they didn't have a return address. So it could be somebody mailing it to them and then just never having a return address. So the person who drops off that letter is really just a mailman. So did they ever check any of the letters for fingerprints? Yep, no fingerprints. Ah, I doubt it. No, nothing. I doubt it. So the other little twist to this, uh, a lot of people think it was Derek and Maria Broadus who just made up this whole story. Mm. I didn't think of that, but hey. You want to know something funny? Yeah. So uh, when they went to the city council to talk about their like plot of land and like selling the house, uh, and they kind of got the idea that the city council was not going to, you know, fall in their favor. Yeah. 
uh, Derek actually admits to writing letters to the city council being like, you better fucking agree with the broadest family. Like they've got powerful like allies on their side. Like we're going to fuck you guys up if you guys don't do this. And like he wrote it like anonymously and like sent it to the city council, basically doing the same thing that the washer was doing to them. Oh. <laughs> he was like, yeah, like, sorry, like fucked up. Got a little head of myself. Oh my God. So okay. like, he admits to it being like, yeah, like, sorry, I, I did send some letters to the city council. My bad. All right. Well, now I, I retract all the anger that I had in my last little rant there. I think Derek's the idiot and I think he's the watcher. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, what's the reason for it? Because maybe he realized that he couldn't actually afford the house. But like, he was you, looking, he was looking for an easy you do everything. It's like, it's not like you can just like, it's not like, like any Joe Schmo could go and fucking buy a $1.3 million house. It's like, you had to have at least some financial stability to get there. And for like the bank, to like clear your like signing like you signing that lease like don't you have to get like some like background checks or whatever to be like yeah someone can actually pay for this fucking house yes you do but so i was i follow a lot of youtubers and there's a youtuber that i follow who is uh, a car salesman actually and he had like a just within the past six months had someone forge documents background checks IDs, credit card information, and all that, and stole a car off the car lot. Like, claimed okay. that he purchased it, and and everything was fake. So Derek okay. could have done the same thing. Okay, sure. But like you said, that was what, in the last couple of months mm -hmm. that that happened? Mm -hmm. This was seven years ago, dude. You don't think he would have been caught by now? Hey, I don't know. But I'm saying it's possible you that he could just – in in the late 2014, they would have been like, hey, like, we did a little bit more digging, and this Derek guy's got no fucking money. I don't know. I'm like, I feel like he would have got caught by now if he didn't have the amount of money to, like, actually purchase this house. Yeah. And they bought the house. They didn't, they didn't rent it. It wasn't, like, a lease. They bought that house. So, like, they obviously had enough, but they obviously had the money. Yeah. They something, bought it. Something fishy's going on there. And I think Derek's But then it's like, why it. would you want to, why would you? Why would you want to like turn around and sell it immediately? I don't know, and I don't like and, it. And even if that was the case, why make up the watcher? Like you gotta know that's just gonna be harder to sell the house now than it is. Like maybe you think you win that lawsuit, and that's why you do it. Yeah, but like even then, it's like it's like that's a long shot to go through so much. And if it was him. Wouldn't you still move in and just be like, yeah, we're going to deal with it. You know, like we'll put up some security cameras, but still sue them and be like, hey, we're, we're going to make some money off this. I don't like that, th that there are these things that are unsolved like this. I do. I do. I think it's interesting. It pisses me off. I think it's crazy. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, that's so aggravating. I don't like that. It was such a good story, and I don't like it. Well, you want to know something that's pretty cool about this. Okay. Uh, and it's, you know, hard-pressed to find anything cool about this, but uh, <laughs> I believe that they actually sold the rights of this to Netflix. So I believe Netflix will be making a movie about this. Let's go. Let's go. Which I am not a big scary movie guy, but I am down to watch this movie. Yeah, but well, 
as long I don't I hope they don't like fictionalize it too much. I hope it's like a legit documentary. I mean, I think it will. I don't know unless they're like, you know, putting like sinister type things where they're like it's like a fucking shadow walking on a wall or something in the middle of the house. Yeah, like, I don't want them to do that. I want them to make it as like I want them to make the watcher as realistic as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. Okay. Dude, another thing that's like kind of crazy about this is that there are like little things that just don't make sense about what he's talking about, what the watcher's talking about in this. Because like he talks about like when I used to roam the halls in the 60s. So then you're thinking like, oh, it's gotta be some guy that lived there. And they they checked everybody that's ever lived there, and like none of them even are remotely close to Westfield, New Jersey. And so it's like, what are you talking about when you roam the halls? Yeah. It's like how the fuck did you roam those halls? And then he talks about like, I imagine living from the rich eyes that lived there. It's like, are you saying like you imagine living from the people who used to live there? Like what they seemed and you're like not rich, you're poor. Yeah. Oh, it's one of those things where like, it's just a bunch of fucking things that just don't make sense. It's aggravating. Maybe it's just a ghost writing everything. Okay, there we go. Now we talk. There, there's a little bit of the paranormal right there, and that's what I also wanted to like. That's why I said paranormal at the beginning, because he does talk about like, did the forces within call you, or do you know everything about the history? Like, do you know all what the walls tell you and stuff like that? It's a lot of like weird, weird things. Oh boy, well, that was good. Got under my skin. Doozy. It really aggravated me, but I liked it. <laughs> glad so all right Wednesday's here for it get a little get a little weird there you go get a little, a little ominous today there you go there you go well thank you for taking us through that one jack i hope it comes out on netflix i'm i'm dying to see it you know in picture form um yeah. but that is where we are wrapping up weird wednesday we'll be back for our regularly scheduled friday episode coming up at the end of the week hope everyone has a great rest of the week hopefully it's better than the first half of my week and uh yeah true <laughs> you know in the meantime keep them cold keep them cold everyone